welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. This episode is sponsored by Netting Pros. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specializes in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals is an official partner of the ABCA and continues to provide quality products and services to many high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Make sure to let CEO Will Miner know that the ABCA sent you. Now on to the podcast. This week on the ABCA podcast is ABCA ATech Division I High School Coach of the Year, Lewisburg Head Coach Rusty Cagle. Lewisburg High School won their first ever 6A state championship and second overall in school history. The Patriots finished the season with a 29-8 record. Cagle is one of the few remaining staff members from the start of Lewisburg High School and teaches social studies in addition to his role as athletic director and baseball coach. Cagle started the program 17 years ago. They also won a 4A state championship when he first got to Lewisburg. Let's welcome Rusty Cagle to the podcast. Here with Rusty Cagle, high school uh, ABCA A-Tech Division I uh, Coach of the Year and then first ever 6A state championship. Uh, but second overall in Mississippi, athletic director also, and we talked about earlier, you were a teacher for a long time too. So Rusty, thanks for jumping on with me. Man, no problem. Glad glad to be here. How many Disney trips have you made? <laughs> well, uh, so my first one was when I was 30. I didn't go my first time until I was 30. And I have been probably 10 times since. I and mean, we love it. My kids love it. My wife loves it. And uh, we just go and have a great time, you know, and uh, we've just been, uh, it's been something we do and it gets us away from all the other things that we do, you know. How did you pull the trigger on that, you know, to, to hey, we're going to do this since you haven't done it, you know, that we're going to do this as a family? Uh, my wife, yeah. Um, her, her parents, they, they went to Disney a lot when she was little. I guess not a lot, but they had been. And uh, so they planned a trip when my son was younger. And uh, so we went the first time. And they were like, man, he really loves it. And I was like, yeah, I really love it. And uh, so we go, you know, whenever we can. Yeah. And you said your wife's a, co a coach's wife. And they're good with that. Like, they, they just make those decisions. Like, okay, no, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, you know, she uh, – uh, she runs the house a lot of the time when I'm gone, you know, and, and she, I have a, I have a daughter and uh, I have a senior son and a freshman daughter. And so, you know, when, when they were little and I was coaching and coaching football and AD and all that, you know, she pretty much takes care of all that stuff. So um, you can't do the job I have without, without a wife like that. How cool is it that you get to see your kids every day? 
Uh, I think it's a lot cooler than they do. Uh, my son, my son, uh, who, who plays for me, um, he, uh, he, he'll speak to me if he has to, my daughter will, she's a freshman. So she still runs up and gives me hugs in the hallway when I see her. But, uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome having here on campus. Um, and our schools are all together. So even when they were in, you know, first grade, I could run over if I needed to. So it's been great. Yeah. How many years has your son been on varsity? Um, he started, uh, he kind of split time as a sophomore and then played every day last year as a junior. So how special is that? You win a state championship with your son on the team. And it's, it's, I, I can't put it into words. It's unbelievable. Um, you know, I've been coaching him a long time and, uh, he was a late, late bloomer and, you know, he goes from five, six, 130 pound freshman to six, two, 180 pound junior. And, you know, I'm five, eight. And so I have no, you know, it's just been, it was awesome. Awesome to see. I did a lot of those father and son episodes during COVID. And it was interesting because when dads were talking about the times that they coached their sons, it really did seem like that was the best winning percentage and the best that the team had ever done too. And I think there's an interesting dynamic when you're coaching your own son or daughter with the team, especially at the high school and college level, I, I think it allows the team to maybe see a different side of you as a coach. Yeah, um, I, he wouldn't. He would not agree that I'm a dad out there. He'd probably say I'm a little hard on him. Um, but uh, he's That's my a catcher team as well. That the dad's always hardest on their son, much harder yeah. than other kids. And I think I think that's where the kids see that it's like okay, they're not treating them any different, and they're actually probably harder on the player. Yeah. So that probably yeah. gives the other kids a little bit of a of a relief from from the son being on the team or the daughter being on the team. Right. You know, I have a great coaching staff. Some of the guys, you know, um, Matt Hammond's my, my assistant, been with me 17 years. And um, so he's not scared to tell me, hey, back off. You know, you're, you're, you're being an idiot. And, uh, you know, my son's my catcher. So, you know, he, he plays a part catching that pitching staff and handling the things that he does. So he kind of deals with my pitching coach during the games. And uh, so it's kind of a good thing where I don't – we don't have that dynamic. You know, I don't have to talk to him every single inning. And uh, I think he prefers it that way. How do you handle it in the house? It was easy for me playing for my dad in college because I, I could just get away. I didn't have to go home. I never stayed at home. You know, how do you deal with that as a high school coach where you've got one of your players coming home? How do you guys kind of separate that out between player coach and then father son? So we, uh, if he has a bad game, he'll, he'll be upstairs in his room. You know, he won't have much to say. Um, he, he's not a super talkative kid. He kind of, he stays to himself, does his job. And, and he, you know, um, if he has a good game or uh, we have a big win, he, uh, he'll, he'll wait for me. You know, I, I, I hang out in the office after a game for an hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending on win or lose and talk about what we're going to do to practice, talk about, you know, adjustments in the lineup. So he's home a long time before I am. Um, but it's good and it's been great. I, I have no complaints. Um, He's he's uh, he's a great, great young man and not just athletically. He's a good student and he's just a good kid. And, you know, that's that's all credit to his mother. And uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. He's my son. So you meet as a staff then after the games? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We meet as a staff um, and we talk about what we need to do better. What you know, what we need to adjust and uh, plan practice and just kind of talk about, you know, everything before I go home. Yeah. Is that a way for you to kind of decompress before you go home too? 
Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, my wife, my father-in-law was a division one baseball player at Austin P a catcher. Uh, my brother-in-law played division one baseball. I played division two baseball. It's a baseball family. So, you know, my, my wife's going to have questions for me when I get home as well about why I did this or why I did that. So I got to prepare myself for that kind of thing as well. Oh goodness gracious. <laughs> it's amazing what wives do and what they go through. Yeah. Just good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what's JB Fensmeyer meant to you? JB Fensmeyer? Yeah. Oh man. He's, he's like a brother. Um, you know, I've been coaching, um, Easton, uh, since they were seven years old, uh, and Easton's like a son. And, uh, it was, you know, he's just a great friend. He's a, he's a great booster club president and he never says no. And he just, he's just awesome. He's just an awesome guy. How long has he been the booster club? How do you know JB? I, I dig on social media. Uh, Man, that is I awesome. I do research. Um, like, that's a thing. Like, I know I know people just kind of listen in, but I do prep. That's why it, it kind of took us a little bit to get connected. Yeah. You know, when I'll reach out to coaches sure. to come on, they'll be like, I can do it tomorrow. I'm like, nah, I, I need I need some lead-in time so I can actually do some research. And I do, yeah. I do you know, I take pride in how this comes out, and I want to be respectful of the guests, too. So I do dig, yeah. I dig a lot on newspaper articles. And then I do dig a lot on social media too. Um, yeah, JB's been the president since Easton was a freshman, so I guess four years. Um, and uh, but he was a great friend even before that. You know, I kind of I kind of bullied him and said, "Hey, as soon as uh, we get to this point, um, you're going to be the president of the Booster Club." And he's like, "Okay." And he he's kind of a leadership does in a leadership role in his job, so he um, he he knew right away what he was going to have to do it. So it's been great. I think every good one, they start with their kids, but then they stay on, they stay on afterwards. So you're going to have to harass yeah. them into staying on after. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I read too, like, how do you balance tryouts? You've got freshmen going through baseball tryouts and, and football tryouts, right? Right now. Correct. Uh, well, just football practice. Okay. So, so we don't allow our football kids that are in season JV varsity guys to come out right now, but we had to work, find a day for the freshman football players because they played on Tuesday. So we brought them out last night and just had a tryout with them and then uh, bringing them all back tonight for a scrimmage. So yeah, just, you know, um, there's more going on than baseball and baseball and I'm the AD. So I have to look at it through the lenses of an athletic director a lot of times and can't be taking kids that are in football season um, out of their practice schedule and that type thing. So you can have a trial, you know, you have to, you have to do what's right for them too. And I was going to, I was going to ask you that too. It's probably a little easier for you to, to make that adjustment because you are the athletic director as well. You're trying to be fair to everybody. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I want to respect their sport, their season. You know, I want them to respect mine, which they do, and I want to respect theirs too. So, so have those tryouts evolved over the years since you've been there? Yeah, um, you know, we uh, we've gotten so big now. It's 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 uh, got to the point where we used to have a ninth. We have a ninth grade team that we feel with eighth graders what we don't what we don't pick as ninth grade like a catcher a second catcher or an arm or somebody like that we fill it in with that and and uh, we used to just try to piece it together eighth or ninth whatever we could do now it's mostly ninth and we and we piece it together with eighth 
upperclassmen, it's really hard to make it if you don't make it as a freshman just because, you know, I mean, guys are not regressing, you know, and, and now we're getting to a point where um, we're having to have tough conversations with, with sophomores that are, you know, are struggling, haven't got a lot better or whatever, um, you know, say, hey, you got to come on a little bit or we're going to have to make, a, you know, make a change. So, yeah, I was going to ask you if you, you also do then you'll you'll do upperclassmen tryouts still. Even though you kind of know yeah. who, what your team is, yeah, lost your volume there for a second. I just was asking about tryouts, just because you know you probably know what your team's going to look like, but you're still trying to get be fair to maybe an eleventh grader, twelfth grader that, or kid right. that came into school too that you, maybe you don't know about that moved in. Right? Yeah, we go in with an open mind. I mean, uh, you know, we, we try to take anybody that. We feel can we that we feel can uh, we can develop into a player that, that may play at the next level. We we feel like we're going to take them now. You know, sophomore, junior, seniors. We kind of say if he's a sophomore, he's got to be. We got to say he's a one year away from starting. Um, and then and then junior, senior, we got to we say he's got to be able to come in and start or give us some depth in the bullpen. You know, that's kind of how we do it. I mean, with being at such a big school, do you deal with many multi sport athletes? I lost your I lost your sound. With being at, at such a large school, do you deal much with multi sport athletes? Uh yeah, we have a we have a few. Um my son plays all three, baseball, basketball, football. Uh Fesmeyer plays some. I probably have about eight or nine kids that play football. And then I have a few, about three or four that play basketball. And then uh, that's that's about it. May I think I have one soccer player that plays in the winter. So how old is Lewisburg High School? 18 years. Did you start, I started did you the start program 18 years. I started from scratch as a JV program in 2006. Our first varsity season was uh, 2008. We were 3A and now we're 7A. I saw you're the the lone you're the lone ranger that's left, right? That started with Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how gratifying. I'm, I'm coaching a lot of kids that I'm, I'm teaching with, working with a lot of kids that I coached. I mean, how gratifying is that, that you're at a place that you started the school, started the program from scratch. You you won a, a 4A state title, correct? And now you've won a 6A state title. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been awesome, man. Um, you know, it's a lot of great coaches never win, win one, you know, and uh, to be able to be in a position to win a few has been, has been awesome. I saw you got quite a few guys commits, correct? Going to the next level to play. Yeah, I got fifteen seniors coming back. I lost two guys from last year. Um, I have, a, I think, I have eleven committed right now. And I, I'll be honest, I think everybody on my every senior has a chance to play college baseball. So how are you handling that with them? I mean, it's you know we're in a such a different time now for kids worrying about going to the next level playing high school how have you handled that with all of those guys honesty man honesty up front and and look them in the eye talk to them like a man and and just tell them you know where we see the truth and um you know ask them to be a team guy get them in when we can and and um you know love on them and and try to treat them right you know that's that's what we do it's had, not easy, and and I don't, I don't expect them to always understand, right? You know, so man, because the guys that kind of stuck out as I'm reading through is Talon Haley, Caden Baker, Sam Richardson was in the high school home run contest, correct? Correct. Juice. 
big time juice physical kid i didn't know anything about him and then i saw an interview with Man. him he's big kid has he always been that big yeah he's probably yeah he's been big since we were little since we were very young he's been like that and uh Sam is uh Sam is a great great young man and uh he he uh he he did a great job for us last year. He came from a different school, moved into our school district. Mom got a job here. Dad dad retired. His dad's a retired uh superintendent at a different school district and uh he was able to retire and um and paint our school enrolled and we were, you know, obviously ecstatic to have him. And uh, he was he was great. So he he's kind of like the opposite example. He's physically developed early and has continued to progress with his game. Yeah, I mean, but he he works, man. He 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 works. He works hard at baseball. And he told me when he first got here, um, you know, coach, I've always been strong. I've had to work really hard to be a good baseball player, you know. And I think some things that people may not know is, you know, he could be difficult and say, hey, I want to play here, I want to play there. And he, uh, and he, he says, uh, you know, I'll play wherever you need me to play. You know, I, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago and he said something about, Hey, you see that pick I had at the Under Armour All American game or whatever it was he was playing in. And I said, Yeah, you might play a little first base this year. And he said, You know, if that's what the team needs, you know, and that's how you win. When your best players say, I'll play anywhere you want me to play or need me to play, that's how you win games. So coming off a state championship with that crew, how are you going to handle it now? I mean, obviously you guys are lined up good with 15 seniors. Are you going to make any adjustments? You're just going to go off kind of what you did last year as well. Uh, well, we're going to, we bring back a lot. We got to replace a couple of corner guys in the infield. Um, you know, I lost Gage Haley, a big Mississippi state commit talent, Haley's brother, actually. And then I lost Jarrett Morris, a junior college, uh, third baseman, just a glue guy, tough, gritty kid, three-year starter. Um, so we have some, some spots to fill, but you know, on the mound, we're going to be better um, because we're, you know, we're going to have one of our best guys who threw one third of an inning last year, Stone McKay um, going to Ole Miss and uh, he was hurt. So he didn't pitch it all last year. So um, we're going to be better on the mound. Um, and, you know, at the plate, we're going to return seven or eight guys. that got a lot of playing time, a lot of, you know, a lot of hitting. And, and so I feel like, uh, you know, it's, it's more of the, we have to be as hungry. We have to be ready to take the people's best shot even more this year than we were last year. So with Mississippi high school rules, when can you get going in the spring? Yeah. So we can start uh, right after Christmas. We'll, we'll come back. Um, we'll go to the ABCA in January. Um, and then uh, we'll come back and, you know, we'll get on the field. Typically I go like pick out one day, the best day of the week and go out and, and, um, and then we'll work inside or lift. I'm a big, Guy, not trying to wear them out early in the year. Um, we're going to practice. We're going to scrimmage. We're going to see what we need to see. But I want us to have some 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 gas in the tank when it starts to matter. So, like when you're getting them out there for the first time and trying to go light into it, because um, yeah, you got guys coming off basketball too, correct? Correct. Yep. So, how are you easing into it? Uh, you know, just basically just shorter practices. Um, you know, uh, we, we do a lot of fundamental type things, a lot of bunting, a lot of hitting, running, hitting, running, you know, just, just that kind of stuff. We just don't, we don't do it, go stay out there three, four hours, uh, maybe go, uh, 30 minutes on the field, taking ground balls with a hack attack and then back inside in the cages, just try to, to, you know, divide it up enough to where they're not 
it's not too repetitive before we even start playing. I want them to love baseball, you know, and, and when you're in practice and, uh, everybody wants to stay and hit extra, that's, you're doing about the right amount. When everybody's gone, they beat you out of the parking lot, then you're not doing very well. How long have you used the hack attack for ground balls? About five, five years. The I use the juniors and man, they're awesome. They're my favorite thing that we have. We got two of them. We had to replace the motor on them last year, but they are, they are awesome. Yeah, you're in SEC country. I started to see that more and more, especially with the SEC schools. When we'd go play Mississippi State, when we'd head down south, you started to see it a lot more. Now, we had to hit. We we couldn't travel with that, and we didn't have managers to shoot, so we still had to hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I know they say we're, you know, some of the cows would call me and say, man, y'all are lazy. Y'all don't, I'm like, man, we can take 100 ground balls by the time you take 25. I mean, just boom, boom, and it's just – it's it's awesome. Plus, it's more game speed too. It is. It is. You can hit it in the you can in the hole, you know, and you can. There's so many things you can do with them. Yeah. Is it more and more rewarding as a head coach to send players to the next level, or or assistant coaches on to other schools? Uh, probably send players to the next level, um, but. Uh, both of them are very rewarding, especially kids that I coached that are now coaching with me. Um, it's it's pretty cool, you know. It, it's some of them. Uh, Tyler Scholl, my pitching coach, been with me. You know, played for me, and uh, and then went back, went to college, and and uh, came back. He's been with me seven years now. Is my pitching coach. Um, you know, I got to do both with him. Hopefully, hopefully, I get to do both with him. You know. Um, what a great story! I told him in ninth grade, you never, son, you're never gonna get to play. Can, can I throw sidearm, coach? Sure, go go down there and throw sidearmed. Tears up my indoor open. You know, he calls me on Sundays. Hey, can you open it up? Can you open it up? Can you open it up? Sophomore year, he's six foot. He's throwing at about sixty five. Junior year, he's six one, six two. He's throwing at about seventy four. Senior year, he has nine saves. We go to the state championship. Uh, you know, goes to Northwest Community College, sets their save record, goes to Mississippi College, sets their save record, and just just hard work, you know, just hard work. So it was pretty awesome. How good is junior college baseball in Mississippi? Very good. Humbles a lot of kids. Uh, you know, I, I know you hear it a lot, you know, D1 or bust and, and this and that, and it's just not – it's just not accurate, you know, especially for hitters, man. Division one kids going into hit as a freshman, you, you will get carved up. If you don't, if you're not really ready to hit, you will get carved up. Are you discussing that much with your current guys? Like, hey, this is what it's going to look like at the next level. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we talk about, um, you know, learning to have – positive at bats without worrying about your batting average. You know, um, we, I'm not a big, uh, batting average guy. I didn't even post it till last year. I made my assistant, one of my guys, my assistant coaches take at bats off the max prep. So you could just see hits and, and that kind of thing, but you couldn't see batting averages because it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter in games that you win that we want to win. Your, your batting average doesn't matter, you know? And, uh, and so, um, it's about, 
being a good teammate, moving guys over, playing the game the way you're supposed to play it, you know. So, um, but I want them to learn how to, you know, hit situationally hit and uh, understand to, to make adjustments. You know, I think I talk with Sam a lot. You know, wherever you hit Sam, he he floated from three to seven in our order last year, depending on how he was swinging. But wherever you hit him, he gets pitched the same, you know. And I always try to tell him, be ready for what you're going to get, not for what you want to hit. Like, I know you want to hit a fastball, but you're not going to get one. We have a change for the club today. The Especially with the guy in scoring position. Of the I'm sorry. Especially with the yes. guy in scoring what? position. Right, right. So in your hitting during practice and then pregame, how much of it is situational hitting for y'all? Uh, we do a couple of rounds of situational hitting and we talk about it a lot. And, and because, you know, our pitching is so good, you know, four runs feels like 12, you know, you get talent or Caden or stone or Matthew Osteen gunner, you get those guys on the mound, you give them four runs and we throw it over the plate. It's, it's really hard to score. You know, high school baseball, you score on uh, a good pitcher. You score on a hit, a single, an error, a walk, and then a dinker out in the right scores too. You know, I always tell them, you know, we're not going to go out there and double, double somebody to death that's 88, 90 with a breaking ball. I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to do that. You're going to score by continuously putting pressure on the defense, running the bases well, playing small ball, you know, and, and then you get a base hit, you get a couple runs. It's easier to hit up 3 0 than, than it is, you know, down 3 0. So um, scoring those runs early is a big deal for us. With those types of arms, how are you able to get them enough innings? We're not. Which you know, is a good thing, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> That's actually a yeah, good thing. Yeah, <laughs> it is a good thing. Um, I mean, I have unselfish kids, man. And that, if I could tell you anything about my team, I would say that we are a, we are a team. Um, you know, uh, it's – Caden, you know, last year throws six and two thirds in, in the game one of the state championship. They got a lefty coming up fourth to bat against Caden, and he was carving, he was cruising, and his pitch count wasn't high. But I had that lefty in the bullpen, and I told Caden, I said, you know, I would do it again and again and again. You know, two outs, nobody owned up two to one in the seventh. I'm bringing in Talon Haley to face a left hander every single time. Of course, you know what he does, right? He walks him on, on five pitches. <laughs> you know, walks him on five pitches because that's baseball. But he strikes the next guy out. We win the game two to one. And uh, you know, Caden was he was mad. He was a competitor. He's a competitor. He wanted to finish the game and and uh I wanted Talon to one, I wanted to get a little nerve because Talon was a tenth grader. I wanted him to knock some nerves off of him and have a little success. And then, uh, you know, he comes out in game two. He had a day off. I think he threw seven pitches or something, and then he had a day off, and then he started the next game, and he threw six innings. I think he threw like 80-something pitches in six innings. So, um, but, you know, they're, they're all – they all want to win. They all want to compete, and they do compete against each other. And with that type of depth, uh, how the Mississippi High School State Tournament set up lines up good for y'all, too, because it, it's series all the way through, correct? Yes, two out of three, right. That's yeah, awesome. we, we want to play We want to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, man. And we want to, you know, with the pitching rules they are, we, we want to play every day. And uh, um, so it does give us an advantage, um, you know. But I, I will say this, you know, we, in the north half, we go – game uh, one at Germantown, who was a really, really good team, you know, we go don't have any of our best guys to throw that night. So basically we were going to throw off. We go out there and throw a sophomore named Preston Sowell, Gage Haley coming off Tommy John, who hadn't really pitched a lot. 
and Gunnar Gilmore, who had a partially torn UCL, who's going to have surgery, who said, just give me the ball. I'll go out there and compete as long as I can. I've already torn it. I'm going to have surgery. I'll go give you much as I can. He's going to the Air Force Academy, by the way, going to be a fighter pilot. That's the kind of kid he is. And we throw a no-hitter. We throw a combined no-hitter in the, in the north half without throwing our guys. It's like, you know, people step up. When it matters, they step up. And uh, when you get performances like that, we come home and have our best guys available, and we end up beating them in a walk-off in the seventh or eighth inning, I think. So, you know, crazy, man. Did you know when you were playing that you were going to get into coaching? Yeah, so my mom was a coach 34 years. Uh, she won She won a couple state championships in volleyball, and uh, um, my dad wanted me to be an engineer. So I go like my first semester in junior college, like some type of engineering stuff, and I'm like, Dad, I want to coach. So um, the guy who opened this school was my middle school principal. I'm sure my mother probably bullied him to death to give me this baseball job here. So, um, so I got the job here as a JV guy. I'm 26 years old. I have no idea. Um, what kind of players I'm going to have or anything. And then I just fell into a great, great position. So what'd you pick up from your mom, from her coaching all those years? <laughs> My mom's a competitive person. Um, she's just a competitor. And, uh, you know, I think if I can feed anything into my players, it's that, you know, there's lots of speed bumps. You got to keep going. You got to keep going and, and, keep working hard and keep competing, you know? So that's kind of what, that's kind of the motto we have here. Is that your definition of competition is getting knocked down and getting back up? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, um, uh, I think, I think talent gets talked about too much. You know, I don't, nobody cares how talented you are in the playoffs. These guys have pride. These teams you play have pride. They want to win. You know, and uh, so um, we talk about toughness a lot. We did some of the some of the Omaha challenge stuff. We kind of did it at the high school level and just some and it worked out perfectly. It rained. It was like 40 degrees or 35 degrees and raining every single day. We're outside pulling ropes and doing push ups. And it just we just wanted our kids um, to to show that they have more in there than they actually may, maybe let out sometimes more toughness. So it was a great it was a great leading up to the seasons thing. Was this the first time you did the the Omaha Challenge? First time, right? First you, time. So and, you liked uh, it, right? It, man, and it was awesome. And just the weather made it better. You know, we were out there pulling tire, flipping tires, tractor tires, and it's you know in, in Mississippi, it's uh, it's you know when it's thirty five and thirty six and raining, it's it that's unusual. And I mean, it did it for the entire week and we didn't miss a day. We were out there, out there every day, you know, push ups, sit ups, burpees running around the track. We just had a bunch of things we, we, we made up and uh, they loved it. And then they got to come in and play volleyball and that was highly competitive. Of course, they're terrible at volleyball. They get in the net every, I thought we didn't, I thought we were going to tear the volleyball net down most of the time, but it was fun. Played flag football, <clears throat> tug of war. We just did a lot of cool stuff. It was fun. I think it's a great thing to do. We did it every year. I loved it. And and our guys loved it. You know, I, I think from the outside, people yeah. that aren't in the coaching space, team space, they just look at that and it looks abnormal, but they don't realize how many, how, the benefits that you get out of it from a competitive standpoint, a team building standpoint, learning how to push through things. Right. You can't do that all the time, but 
you do that once a year. It's not a it's not a big deal. And and there's so the return on investment on that thing is is huge. Yeah, I mean they and <laughs> everything you do, the the kids have to believe in it, or it's not as good, you know. And my players, they just bought in, and they they had they you know they had uniforms and and the whole nine yards. They they really did a good job with it, and uh, so that I you know the credit goes to them. They they were they were awesome with it. Kids are so creative if you allow them to be creative. You know, if you allow them to be themselves, yeah. they are so creative. I think they'll really surprise you if you if you give them the reins. To you know, to a yeah. point, I think they'll surprise you with what they come yeah. up with. Right. Well, we we have boundaries that we you know we have things that we expect our program to be, and and they know those, and so we didn't have to we didn't have to do any kind of policing. They they did it all, so they did it right, and we, it was it was great. With your core covenants, I mean, when are you talking about those with your program? When they make the team. Yeah, when they make the team, we talk about you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm really big on you know we're not going to use we're not going to use profanity we're not gonna um, we're not gonna have long hair um, you know we're gonna we're gonna hustle where we go we're gonna sweep the other team's dugout on visit when we go out of town we're just gonna make sure we pick up all the trash and sweep their dugout um, and we're just gonna we're not gonna be entitled you know that's a fight that we have here we're in a fluent area. We have kids have money and, and entitlement comes with that. And we just want them to understand that, you know, giving is better. Sometimes just doing things right when you don't have to is, is the best way to go, you know, so. You guys live stream your games? Well, we try to. <laughs> um, we have no hardwire internet connection down in our press box. So it's just, it becomes a hassle. And sometimes in the playoffs we do it. But we had a great program a few years ago, and it stopped working, and the company went out of business. And so we've had multiple companies call us about doing it, and but we just, you know, they don't follow through. And uh, so we're just kind of waiting for some in a better internet access out there to start doing it. How much interaction are you then having with the JV and the freshman team? Uh, the JV practices with us every day. Yeah, we're we're together every single day with them. So they uh, they lift, they run, they throw, they hit, they do everything we do. Um, you know, they get the talk of, "Hey guys, on game days, you're not going to get to be in a BP group. Sometimes this is what it is. Don't worry about it. Get your swings in." You know, we use some Tony Robbins show, "Work while you wait." You know, I mean, you're you're waiting to play. You need to go put the work in. When you have a time, go put the work in. The freshmen, we have a, a separate coaching staff that that coaches them, and they they practice. We. We're done by like 4.30. We start at 1, done around 4.30. They come in around 4.30 to 5. And I'll sneak in some from time to time and watch them here and there. And uh, But we have two guys I really like that, that run that program, and they do a good job with them. So how, what's your lifting schedule then in season? We're going to lift two days a week for sure. Um, we're going to try to lift heavy. Um, I'm a, you know – I'm a lifter. I'm a, I'm a maxer, that kind of thing. Not, not personally, but you know, as a, as a program, um, I want my guys strong. I think it builds confidence. I think it, I think when you see the results in the weight room, it makes you want to lift more kids get hooked on the weight room when they see results. Are you doing that pre-practice or post-practice? After. Yeah. So after practice. Yeah. So we'll get out there. Yeah. Because we, um, I do a weight room schedule for everybody. So, 
Um, if you're in the season, you need to lift after school. We make an exception for our football teams so they can lift before they go out on a couple days. But uh, most other sports, when in, when they're in the season, they have to need to lift after school because we only have one weight room. And it's a very nice weight room, but we want to make sure everybody has access. What do you feel like the the best lifts are for high school kids, most beneficial lifts for high school kids? Man, I I don't know if I have a – what's best i think the the my opinion is i think falling in love with the weight room is best i think there's no secret shortcuts i think you get in there and you bust it and i think you um you know i do like squat and i know some, some people get away from the back squat they go, go to front squat um you know but we want our guys to be able to know how to do it know how to do it right we take pride in how we spot how we watch and how we stay injury free by by doing it correctly you know so when are you introducing that to freshmen? Day one. Day one. As soon as they, if they're in baseball in the fall with us, if they're not playing another sport, they will they will start being taught how to squat as soon as they get here. <clears throat> how yeah. to lift. You have a whatever fall, lift we're doing. They you get have taught a fall how to season do too. We have a fall. We have them all year, fourth block. So we have them an hour and a half every day. <clears throat> So when they get here with us in August, we uh, we start lifting immediately. Love it. That's phenomenal. You and I are on the same page with that. I think I think the weight room changes kids yeah. from a mentality. I don't care if it's men, yeah, women, it's, changes you in a good way from a mentality standpoint. I think if parents give us their kid and say, "Make my son a man." You know, I mean, I mean, our job ultimately is to make good husbands and fathers and, and productive citizens through baseball, you know. And and so, you know, wins come when you have good players and you have good team, you know, that the wins come. But that's not that's not the most important thing to me. You know, it's it's uh, somebody told me this a long time ago. It's how many weddings do you get invited to? That's the that's that's the thing that you're trying to do, you know. And uh, so, you know winning will happen when you do things right over a period of time and you have the right players, you're going to win. So. I mean, how are you getting parents involved? We make it our program. We don't make it coach Cagle's program and you stay away. We make it our program. And, uh, you know, we, we have work days and, and they, they run the concession stand after games, you know, we go up in the office to meet. They, uh, they, they, you know, they bring us hamburgers and hot dogs and sausage plates and, and all that kind of thing, you know? And so they, they take care of us. But uh, it's definitely not a one-person deal, a one-person program. It's definitely a full commitment from everybody. As an athletic director, how are you handling the other coaches and the other programs? Well, we take pride in being competitive at everything. That's that's what that's what we want to be. We want to be competent at every coaching level, and uh, we want to be competitive. You know, we're not a um, – we have not been great in football. Um, we're be we're a lot better. Our, our coach has done a phenomenal job, and I think he's hired some great people. And uh, he's just got a lot of energy. And you know, same thing with um, with basketball. You know, we had our our basketball coach tragically die last year, um, thirty eight years old, um, got a virus and just passed away over a weekend. And uh, so you know, he he was awesome. He'd been with me for fifteen years. He was a great friend. And um, so the people we hired were both assistants. One played for him and me, and then the the, the girl the girls coach 
Um, she had been his assistant for a couple of years. And uh, so they're continuing the, the legacy of building what he was building here. So um, we feel like we have, we have great coaches in all of our sports and, and we, we want to be competitive in everything. You give them complete autonomy to hire who they want for their staff? Uh, well, they have, we have to have a teaching unit, but I'll work closely with them and do the best that I can. My principal is great with athletics and he, you know, he wants us to be good. And so he, he works with coaches and I work with coaches and we try to get together and do the best we can. I mean, you seem like you're really involved with the family. You know, how much when those kids were growing up, were they around the program? Oh, oh man, all the time. Uh, I can send you pictures of my daughter on on scouting trips. You know, um, if you look through my Twitter, you'll see her. We're, we're scouting. She's, I don't remember what happened. My son maybe had a baseball game that night, so my, my wife had to take him to the game. And then I had to go scout a team we were going to play in the next round. So it was like – you either got to – she's got to go with you or you can't go. So she's four years old sitting in the in the thing with a radar gun, you know. And, uh, man, great memories. My son, this is a great memory. He wouldn't want me to tell this, but he's seven, six or seven. He's the oldest, and he's uh, – I'm out on the field, and he's uh, out there, and he's like, Dad, uh, can uh, can I get a shovel and dig for dinosaur bones out here? I'm like, sure, son, on the warning track. He's, he's digging for dinosaur bones, and, you know, he didn't – he was kind of a late – like I said, late bloomers with baseball. He started at the right age, but he wasn't, he was the youngest. And, you know, we probably babied him a little bit more because we were first time parents. We didn't really know. And my, my daughter's a lot further along than he was. I think girls mature a little quicker, but also she's the second child. And uh, so anyway, we have a lot of great memories and um, you know, he, he was on that field when we dog piled in 2013 and uh, she was there, and then uh, this year he got to do it as a player, and and she, you know she got to do it as a sister again. So it was awesome. I love it, love it. Do you have a fail forward moment? Do you have something you thought was going to sidetrack you, but looking back now, one of the best things that maybe happened to you or helped you move forward as a person, or as a, or last year as a team? I leave it wide open. Could be anything. Could be personally. Uh, well. You know, yeah, and, and well, you know, last year my father died in January. Um, uh, he was my best friend. He he got a, a sickness. Actually, I was at the ABCA when I found out he was sick, and I came home and and uh, he passed away a couple of weeks later. And uh, he was my coach and he was my mentor, and uh, so that was that was a huge hurdle. Um, you know, personally though, I, I didn't act my senior year in college. I didn't in the way I wanted to not playing. I just didn't act the way I wanted to and, um, and, and got held accountable for it. And, uh, so, you know, something that I felt molded me to, to make sure that these guys know we're, we're, we're character building. We're, we're men building here as much as anything else. Um, and, uh, so we need you to know, bring but, accountability but, uh, back. That was Don't, a great. I mean, accountability needs to be brought back, right? I mean, if you look at anybody who strays from the path and then continues to stay off the path, it's because they're not held accountable. Right, and I think I think it starts at the top as a coach. You got to hold yourself accountable. If you didn't prepare them, then you got to tell them. You know, I didn't I didn't prepare you. I'm gonna come I'm gonna come ready to go. You know, and. Uh, you know, and, and, and they have to take it as well when they don't, you know, and that's what you want. You want self-accountability. If you're always having to point fingers, then your team's not going to do well. You know, they, they have to own it and say, we got to do better as a team, you know. So it's kind of what we preach, kind of what we try to get them to do. 
I think you're a good example of if you want something done, ask a busy person to do it because you taught your AD, coached football, coached baseball, you're doing other things. Like I just think you're a phenomenal example of of that. Yeah, I, I love the high school setting, man. You know, I'm 44, so you know maybe I could. You know, I'm at 20. You're 21 teaching. You know, maybe maybe people ask me about do you want to go to junior college and blah blah blah. But I think my home is here at the high school level. I think that's where the impact is made. And uh, I love what I do. I love my program. I love the people in it. Love the coaches, administration. You know, and it's great that we built it from the ground up. And it's we. You know, we built it. And, and it's not a me. And uh, you know, those guys that coach with me, you know, deal with a lot because I'm probably honoring during the season. And uh, and so they they have to, you know, we practice on Sunday sometimes or we practice a late Saturday or whatever it is, depending on the weather. You know, we got to get out there and get our work in and they always show up. So it's it's a great thing. It's a great thing. And I tell people all the time, you know, our, our coaches at other sports, you know, Every school is not like our school. Every school doesn't pull – every sport doesn't pull for each other like our school does. You know, every – all coaches don't get along like our coaches do. You know, so it's a it's a great family atmosphere. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You look – I don't care what level. The, the good programs, everybody's pulling for each other on that campus. Whatever campus you're at, yes. everybody's pulling for each other and checking in on each other. That's right. And and there's no like we can all there's room for everybody to be successful. You know, there's room for, you know, and I tell people all the time, look, football's the big dog at Lewisburg High School. I mean, football makes the money. And, and you know, we've won a lot of games and that's fine and dandy. But I know where we are in the, in the pecking order. I know that a, a, a dominant football program, a good football program runs the whole school, makes a positive community. And uh, our football coaches have done that. So I'm, I'm happy that, I mean, I got no problem saying that, you know, so. What are you using for time management? I mean, you have a crazy schedule. What do you use to stay, to get to where you need to get to when you need to be there? I, uh, I, well, get up early, stay up late and, uh, have have great assistance around me. You know, I got three guys that are with me in the fall with baseball. So when I need to go be AD, they, you know, my one of my assistants is running the weight room, and uh, I have another assistant that basically is baseball operations. He does, you know, our ABCA stuff, our you know clinic fees, and you know what we're going to buy, that kind of thing, scheduling buses. So just uh, just being together a lot of years, everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Nobody's doing nothing. And and uh, so it makes it easy on me. When I need to go, I, I'm able to go. You know, the biggest thing that I, I think I would – that I feel like that we try to do a good job in my family of is balance. Is balance, you know, go as hard as you can in academics, go as hard as you can in athletics. But, you know, we go to church on Sunday and we, you know, we're going to do family things together. And, and you know, so I, I don't feel like – and I tell my son this all the time, you know, squeezing – baseball like it's everything is it's 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 not going to be as good you got to baseball is a game where you got to hold it like sand just nice and soft in your hand and if you squeeze it hard it's going to go through your fingers and um, you gotta you gotta love it from afar what are you looking forward about dallas this year besides getting to walk on stage uh well you know i i'm a big lsu fan so i'm i hope i get to get a picture with jay johnson that'll be something i hope i get to do um 
I, you know, Dallas for us is just a great time for our coaches to to hang and go eat dinner and talk baseball. And it's just, you know, because they all teach class, you know, a lot of all my assistants teach class. And um, so I'm in back here doing AD stuff and they're in the classroom. And, you know, a lot of times our paths don't cross as much until fourth block. But just get to see those guys enjoy it, you know, and, and you know, it's it's a perk. I, I would say it's a perk of the job getting to go to those things and hang out and listen. And um, we'll pick out a few speakers that everybody wants to listen to. And uh, and, you know, but just being there is great. Just being there is great. Um, there's a there's a place in Dallas that has like a just a big grill of meat and you get to go in and just pick what piece of meat. You, I can't remember the name of it. We ate there last yeah. time. Man, it's awesome. I always I can't want to, to call it hard eight. But it's not, but it's close to the Gaylord. I've eaten there. We ate there last year for the, uh, my boss had never been. So I was like, hey, we're going to go to this barbecue place. And the guys in the office couldn't, they could not believe that place. It's so good. So good. But that's almost like a coach's retreat. You know, I think that's why we get so many people to show up. You know, it's it's before the season starts. um, and, And you said it, like, High school guys are busy. Everybody's busy. It's a chance to to catch your breath a little bit, enjoy some fellowship, and and then get ready for the season. Congrats again to Coach Cagle and the Lewisburg program on their first 6A state championship. You can tell he grew up with a coach and the family with the way he handles his program. Thanks again to Jim Richardson, John Litchfield, Zach Hale, Matt West, and Antonio Walker in the ABC office for all their help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email, rbrownlee at abca.org, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at coachb underscore abca, or direct message me via the MyABCA app. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you. Keeps on turning.